when you're fully present and alive and vital and connected to nature and connected to humans and connected to global consciousness, you're actually getting constant information about how you can be of service and what's being asked of you in every moment. And so your purpose reveals itself, not so much in a strategic planning session that you pre-plan your 10 years of your life, but it's actually the opposite in that your purpose only reveals itself in hindsight as you get every little piece of data from your intuition, from your higher self, whatever you want to call it, your guide, spirit, whatever. It's like, okay, go here now. Make eye contact with that stranger. Smile. Write a song do a social media post and you're being given your marching orders at its highest level, minute to minute, second to second. And the only way you can be available to receive your missions is if you're fully present. What's up everybody. I'm your host, Patrick Cook. Welcome to being. Being is a place where we gather to explore some of life's most difficult questions. What does it mean to lead a meaningful life? What does it mean to live a life of purpose or on purpose? How do we make sense of the world? Really what we're asking is, what the hell is going on? My intention with this podcast is to explore what it means to be human in the modern world through the lens of creativity, consciousness, and personal development. Through authentic conversations with a wide array of guests, including artists, intellectuals, scientists, visionaries, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, Being ventures to make collective sense of an increasingly complex world with the unifying goal of building a sustainable future for all. As humanity continues to march full steam towards extinction, we can no longer afford to simply ask, what is best for me? The question now must become, what is best for me and the whole simultaneously. And so, dear audience, I want to inspire you to take full responsibility, to find your purpose, and to engage your evolution as a conscious agent. I challenge you to live your being. If you're enjoying the content, please do subscribe to the show and get a new episode delivered directly to your device every Friday. And as always, I love hearing from you. So please do rate and review the episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whichever platform you prefer. And hey, I might even read your review on a future episode. Here's another five-star review from Jacqueline Y. She says, mind expanding. I highly recommend this podcast, especially if you want to explore your own consciousness and find out what success means to you personally. Excited for more episodes. For show notes and more information, head on over to being-podcast.com. Now, on with the show. Lindsay Sikornik has spent her entire life studying human potential, fascinated by anything that shares the truth of the human experience. Forever a student, she uses her life as a giant social experiment to prove the efficacy of the methodologies she's collected and curated from modern research in leadership, strategy, positive psychology, and flow states, as well as ancient wisdom traditions, all of which have become the foundation of her work in transformational leadership coaching. Purpose-driven, passion-fueled, Lindsay is a force of nature with a massive heart, a potent mind, and a magical presence. Lindsay Sikornik, welcome to being. 
so excited. Let's do this thing. Yes. So Lindsay has been uh, so instrumental in my journey. Uh, one word that comes to mind to describe her is magical. <laughs> um, she's been so instrumental in supporting me along my path and so many others. And I was reading your website earlier, and there's a testimonial on there that I think perfectly describes you. It says, Lindsay, it's rare to find somebody with such exceptional, vibrant, and compassionate energy matched with fiercely strategic mind. And it's like, that just sums up you perfectly. Woo! So excited to drop in with you. How are you doing? I am giddy about plugging in with you and catching up because we're long overdue. We keep passing each other and be like, we have to catch up. And I just think it's so perfect that we get to do it in this format. Everybody's going to get the live real action, deep dive, catch up. So I'm, I'm giddy. I've been all morning. I was literally having a dance party before getting on here with you. I was like, I get to hang with Patrick because all the ideas to your music all the time. And dancing is such a connection to your music and to the bliss and to all the things, spirit. And you've been such a pivotal, I don't even know if you know how pivotal you've been to my journey coming down here to Costa Rica for so many years and so many of my peak moments were dancing under the stars to your music with babies in my arms and then toddlers. And now you played all my retreats and you've been on my retreats and you're such a spirit guide in the community. And it's funny because I didn't know at the time, but I felt you because through your music, I felt so connected to spirit. And I had some of my most profound downloads, insights, transitions, sheddings while I was down in Nosara during those times. And later I was like, I don't know what it is about this guy. I just get into this state. It was like a trance-like state. And I now know it's because you're so tapped in that you created the space for me to tap in. And you've just seeing you growing more and more into that space and expanding it, including your music and so much more. Uh, I'm just so grateful to you for creating that for me and for so, so many others and, and just elated and delighted to see you shining as you are out in the world and such a profound impact you've had on my life and continue to. Oh my God, you're making me cry right now. That was so beautiful. Thank you so much. Uh, and yes, you're right. Like sometimes we don't give it ourselves enough credit. You know, you're all, we're always looking forward to what's the next thing, how can I get better and not, you know, being in the moment and recognizing how much impact we're having, you know, and so that, that was just so beautiful. I literally have tears in my eyes. Thank you for that. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking about the podcast. It's perfect. <laughs> totally. So for the people that don't know you, I'd love to just do sort of a recap on, on, you know, who you are and where you've been. And I think the best way to do that is through one of my favorite questions I like to ask my guests is what is your definition of success and how has it changed over your lifetime? Mm, juiciest question. <laughs> Love it. Okay. This is, this is, we're aligned in this because if there's one thing I've thought about over the entire course of my life is like, what is success and what does success mean? And what does success mean to me? Totally. So I've got like a super clear answer on this one. This is not the first time I've thought about this question. Right. So thank you. Lay it on us. So my, yeah, my definition of success is alive in a way. Mm. And what I mean by that is really being fully expressed as a human. I call it purpose-driven, passion-fueled, and filling ourselves up with passion, joy, bliss, the juiciness of life, and using that joy, that connection to spirit, that connection to aliveness, to sensuality, to eroticism as it 
manifest in all forms of life. You know, the sunsets and the birds and the rainstorms and the human connection and the music for me is such a source of that joy and that eroticism and sensuality. And as we fill ourselves up on our passion, we get to go back and be of service and do something of meaning, something that's got purpose to it. And so what I believe success is, is living a purpose-driven passion fueled life. And I think we need to start with passion and play and surfing and movement and all the things and have the experience of life is really what success is for me. And, and then from that place of overflow of, of, you know, just the life force energy pouring through us, we offer back out into the world and, and try to make a positive impact in a way that's meaningful to us. Um, while at the same time, knowing that it doesn't really matter when you want to get into all the other levels that we're all here for this divine ecstatic dance anyways. So really, um, the awareness and the humility that it's this moment, this, this breath, this, everything is all we really have. And that's what it means to me. And it's, it's shifted greatly from my early days in Toronto, working in management consulting in the financial district and went to an elite business school. And I thought success was all about checking off the boxes of what I was supposed to do, you know, going to the top school, getting the top job, getting married, having kids, just check, check, check until at various points throughout my life, I, I, I was living the dream I thought I wanted that looked really good on paper and found it to feel empty or numb or like I was living someone else's dream. And so it through my own failure. I wouldn't call it failure. I would call it awakenings is what I would call it. But those dark moments in life, those dark nights of, of the soul where you're like, is this it? I thought there'd be more, you know? And, um, and so from that, I've been able to redefine. And at this point in my life, I think the external things that we talk about money, power, validation, etc., um, are not important at all in the definition of success. They're a nice bonus. I think that true success is if we're squeezing the juice out of every moment of life, if we're fully expressed, fully experiencing, fully connecting, um, fully present. To me, it's what happens on the inside of the container, not what you can see on the outside. So literally on the container of me, of myself, of my inner world, that's number one. And I think you're aligned. I know we're aligned in this way. Number one is the vessel clear. Am I in a state of gratitude, joy? Have I taken a good look at my shadows and am I in constant inquiry around how I can transmute anything that, that may be holding me back or feel vibrationally not elevating, doing that work so that the vessel is clear so that I can get myself to a state of truth, number one. That's my number one. And ultimately, over time, through that path to truth, getting into that state of compassion, love, joy, play is important to me, being playful, laughing, dancing, that to me is, and I, trust me, I can have like a party for one, like I just did here before we started. So if I can do that, that's winning in my world. And then the next thing that success is for me is, is connecting with other humans, animals, nature, um, you know, extending it beyond myself. And, and really that's the priority is deep connection, aliveness, exchange of energy with all the people, things, nature around me. And then ultimately at the end of the day, the external things like money and accolades and houses and, and things are like the nice bonus that comes after all of that. And usually the beautiful thing is that the more aligned we are internally and connected we are to our surroundings, those things automatically come to us. I've, 
I've learned in, in great abundance because it's inevitable. Oh my God. So fantastic. I love your energy and your insight and your, your passion for it. It's just so exciting. And like, I'm just getting chills listening to you. It's so awesome. Um, but I want to ask you a little bit more about, you know, you mentioned like sort of checking the boxes and going through the motions of what society deems as success or what our parents, you know, uh, imbued in us, what success should look like. If there's somebody that's going through sort of a, a dark night right now and they're in a corporate job that they hate or they're feeling miserable or they're feeling stuck, what are some of the signs they can look for for like, okay, well, how can I break out of this? What, what is there, where can I look for more meaning and purpose? Mm, that's such a great question. And first of all, I'll, I'll name a few of the signs of that they might be in a dark night of the soul. Cause I know for me, I thought it was normal. So I grew up with like chronic anxiety, for example, and I just thought that's how everyone lived. <laughs> I just thought everyone had knots in their stomach all the time and sweaty palms and their minds were racing and they would wake up every morning with like, oh God, what did I do? Like, I don't know. I just was my normal. So, so what I now know in hindsight, the feelings I felt were maybe feeling numb, anxious, tired, um, uh, dissatisfied, like a general sense of like frustration or maybe not even quite frustration, just like, like a dissat, like there's something more, or maybe a minor agitation or that kind of thing. So that would be a sign that you may be not on your highest path. And of course we can get into sort of extreme mental health situations, depression, anxiety, addiction. Those are all obviously red flags that you may be needing to do some realignment work in your life. So if any of those things are true for you or just a feeling of feeling lost or like something's not quite right for you, um, again, being a little bit agitated or irritated by things that you used to enjoy, like going into the same job or even your relationships or the way that you're living or the, the traffic in the city or I don't know, you're just kind of like, eh, it's not quite right. Drain, tire. Those are some of the signs that you may not be in your highest expression, living your highest potential. And so um, the first thing I think is the most important, important step. I actually created this little four-step um, process, which I, I wrote an article on. So I'm going to just actually go through it because it's literally, I'm like, it's super simple. It's four steps. Let's talk about it. And simple, not easy, because I think the first thing to do, I, I call it witness and feel, is to just feel your feelings, even if they're yucky feelings. And witness is to be the observer of yourself in the process. And, you know, in the ancient wisdom traditions, they talk about developing witness consciousness or getting into the seat of the observer, or in positive psychology, they talk about self-awareness, emotional self-regulation. So it's literally just about being in an emotional state or in a, a life circumstance, but also able to almost like be the narrator of yourself. Like, huh, interesting, I'm feeling sad. Interesting, I'm feeling anxious. Interesting, I'm super bored. And that's the idea of just witnessing where we are without judgment, because the judgment is like, what's wrong with me? I, and this was me. I should be happy. I have everything everyone wanted. You know, what's wrong? First, world problems, you know, I'm, I'm so blessed, all true. It doesn't negate the fact that you may have still suffering within that, or you may still be living someone else's life and not your own. So please be compassionate towards yourself. Witness how you're feeling. The truth will set you free. Sometimes it's an ugly truth or an inconvenient truth, but it is the path to freedom. So number one, name it. Be like, wow, things are not going the way I want them to right now. Witness where you're at and feel your feelings. You may need to grieve. You may need to feel scared. You may need to any number of feelings. And there are many, many ways to do that. Music is a huge tool that I use, um, whether it's music to help me go deeper into the emotion or to help me shift out of it when I've completed a time of maybe deep grieving or deep fear and maybe turning on music or going to live music to help me shift the energy back into a, a different state. Journaling 
ocean, surfing, movement, like there's many, many ways to allow yourself to feel most of it is embodiment. I would really encourage people when they're in those times to get into their bodies, whether again, it's through movement, through music, um, emotions are, are, are always, I was going to say often, they're always expressed in our bodies, in the physical, energetic, emotional bodies, spiritual bodies, they're all dancing together. So feel your feelings. That's number one. Number two is acceptance. Again, you can be in denial. This can't be true. You know, whether it's relationship transitions, career transitions, you're like, la, 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 la. I don't want to know the truth. I don't want to have to make hard decisions. I don't want to have to have hard conversations. And that's where a lot of the suffering comes in because we're resisting what is. We're like going against the force of what your soul, what the universe, what life has in store for you. And the more you cling to the like side of the river as the water is like washing you down, you're, you're like spending all your energy, you're in denial, you're resisting. And, and that's where the core of all suffering lies. So number two, and this is simple, but not easy. I'm like, just accept what it is. No, that could take years. <laughs> that could be a 10 year process of acceptance. But my mantra that I use is it is what mm. it is. Now what? So when I start to spiral into, yeah, but maybe it could be this. And I can't believe that happened. It's like, it is what it is. Now what? Deal with it. Figure it out. You know, so acceptance is super important. The third step, and this is sequential, like you can't skip over to the last couple steps because people want to bypass and go to like, you know, making it feel pretty and get the rose colored glasses. And I'm going to go to gratitude and it's all going to be great. And I'm like, yay for all that. I'm all for that. But you have to feel your feelings first or else it's called bypassing and suppression. And those feelings will come and rear their heads some way, sometime, whether it's birth, you know, two years from now or physical illness or mental health issues. The, the number one cause of most you know, most heart diseases, cancers, autoimmune diseases, mental health is stress slash unexpressed emotions. So feel those feelings, get in there, get messy, get dirty with the feelings. It's like, it's like having a mud bath. It's like, it's like, you don't want to go in at first, but once you get in there, it's actually kind of fun. You're like, Oh, okay. I'm going to bathe in I this. think that's where a lot of people get stuck is that first step that first step of having the courage to sit with your feelings because a lot of them are uncomfortable, they're painful, and they could have been there from childhood. We might not be even aware of them. And so, but they're they're manifesting in our bodies. And so having that first step, uh, that, that courage to even look at ourselves in ways that might be uncomfortable is so important. So yeah, amazing. Continue. I just want to drop that in there. Yeah. And, and I know you're in our work as coaches. I think that's probably like, I do loads of strategy work and the up the, you know, rocket launching and what's next. But I think the, probably the most powerful pivotal work I do with people is, is just to create the container and the mirror for them to have the space to feel their feelings. And exactly what you just said is like, and you know, on the, on my retreats and in the coaching programs, I usually start with normally people gravitate towards coaching when they're in transition or they've had some sort of you know, a catalyst moment that is causing them to want to make changes. So often that is trauma or a painful experience or a transition of some kind. And so I start there. I start with like, where are you now? And as you're saying, asking questions and and holding the space for people that it's okay to feel their feelings, not only is it okay, but I actually kind of nudge them into it gently. Like where, you know, what's happening there? I feel something. Where is that in your body? If we were to talk to abandonment, what would abandonment have to say Mm. to you? You know, what is that inner child within you asking for doing some inquiry work of, you know, where was the, where did that come from the inner child work? And, and really, as we go in and create the space for those emotions to be felt, you can just see in many, many, many people, um, it's like these light bulbs go off. And like I said, it's like, they don't realize 
they don't even acknowledge that those feelings are within them mm. often. And so, um, so just lifting that lid off in a safe, contained, nurturing way, I think is probably, if I could name only one thing that is the greatest gift that this work can provide for people, it's that. It's creating the container for them to release kind of the lid on the Pandora's box, which is the path to their freedom. 100%. So yeah, the feeling of the feelings, and I know you're a huge believer in feeling feelings, and I, I really think it's the greatest gift we could give ourselves. Totally. You know, and it's, directly linked to self-love because it's only when we love ourselves enough. And if we can learn to love ourselves in the quote unquote ugliness that we used to judge, that again is the path to freedom, Mm. self-love, self-compassion, which gives us the capacity to be loving towards others, kind and compassionate towards everyone around us. So yeah, I think it's mission critical. I think that that feeling of safety is so important because it is a vulnerable space and it's it can feel dangerous to even look at it or to venture in there if you don't feel safe or supported. And so yeah, like the work you do, I've been in your space and you create a container of of magic but also vulnerability and safety and honesty and transparency. And these are the things, if you feel that as a human being, you feel safe to feel your emotions, that's when you can really allow them to be there, even if they're painful, even if they're uncomfortable. And that's really when the magic happens. So yeah, it's wonderful. A hundred, hundred (laughs) percent. And that's why work like we do and the containers that we create are so, I'm so in awe of, and I've been the the recipients of countless, countless, countless coaches, healers, retreats, et cetera. And that's why I'm so obsessed with the work that you're doing Mm. that we're able to do creating those spaces for connection, for people to be in inquiry and to normalize it and to know, oh, I'm not the only one. I'm not, you know, it's like I always say permission to be human. Totally. We're all human. We've all got. Right. And that's one of the reasons I love music so much because musicians, songwriters, artists, they have the courage to share their humanity, like their heartbreak, their joy, their fear, their pain. And it's just been my closest companion. I was so private and introverted my whole life. So music was like literature, music and and movies were really the place I went to 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 process my own life experiences and to to learn. And before I got into this kind of transformational work. Mm. So so, yeah, that permission to be human. And ultimately what art and music and, and film do and literature is actually celebrate the beauty of our humanity. Mm. And and I think that's that's the, the gift that I've had is that I just see the beauty in every single person's humanity. And I wish for that for every person to see the beauty in their own humanity. And so that's and that's yeah, that's the gift. And so that's actually the third step of my fourth step is is making meaning of of your situation. And obviously very influenced by Viktor Frankl's work and meaning making and narrative. And again, I'm going to keep linking it back to songwriting today yeah. because of your background and my connection to you through music is like, what's the story we tell about our situation? Am I a victim? Am I stuck? Am I lost? Am I a lost cause? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or am I able to look for the lessons in this experience, the blessings in this experience? Am I able to write a new narrative? Am I able to use it as an opportunity to make changes in my own life and potentially through my own evolution become a a change maker with others to hold space for others to make changes? So how do I use this time in my life and make what's the story I tell about it? What's the meaning I make about it is the third step. So trying to look for gratitude. So I call it the lessons and the blessings. What am I learning from this and how can I be grateful for this? What are the blessings in this? What do I now know that I didn't know before? Maybe it's compassion, humility. I know how to set boundaries better. I know, or maybe I've created an entirely new life that I didn't know I was going to create. So making meaning of it. And then the fourth step is, I call it life is art. 
And I really recommend when you're on the far, far, far end of it, not when you're in the deep processing stage, because you want to be conscious of the energy you're like broadcasting out in the world. I'm a believer in that. I'm just being mindful of the fact that whatever state you're in, if you broadcast your, I say it's like glitter, you're, you know, you're spreading it all over. So um, one thing that I do, and I know um, I've heard from Elizabeth Gilbert and Brene Brown and, um, you know, Glennon Doyle is like, they talk about writing from your scars versus your open wounds. Mm. And that's something that I do. It's like when I'm in deep process about something, I don't often speak of it publicly because I'm aware that my energy is very contagious. Mm. And so what I do is like, I personally process very deeply um, with coaches, healers, my close inner circle. And when I feel energetically neutral around something is when you'll hear me start talking about it publicly on social or in retreats or whatever and sharing my story and making art out of it. Mm. And that's what I wanted to, to underline, which is the, the life is art is like, can we use these life experiences to create art, which could simply be a really deep connection and conversation with another friend that's art, or maybe it's a journal entry you do in your journal, or maybe it's a dance you do in your kitchen while you're cooking dinner one night. And you just like, let the the energy of that emotion move through you as a, as a form of self-expression, but it could also look like writing a book or starting a podcast or pivoting your entire business into a different direction to be of service based on that life experience you've had or the wisdom that you've gained from that. And so when we are able to use those life experiences to give back or to even just, I don't mean just self-express, I think self-expression, I think there are two kind of competing core needs of humans. And one is to be fully self-expressed and the other is to be of service to others. So life is art. Can we use these, these life experiences to again, just deepen our connection with ourselves, with each other, or potentially even contribute back to the world through many, many, many music, writing, business, parenting, friendship, lovers, whatever, in whatever ways feel feel real and true for us. And then that really is the ultimate transmutation of the darkness to the light, taking the shadows, taking the pain, taking the suffering, and through the process, the chrysalis, the cocoon, offering it back out, um, you know, as, as a, a part of life of art or, or connection. Mm, oh my God, so much goodness in there. It's just uh, amazing to drop in with you, Lindsay. Thank you so much. This is awesome. I've got so many questions, but we'll just continue on with the flow. Just let it flow. Um, and I just want to say, you know, what you mentioned earlier, like one of the reasons I started this podcast is to create a container, is to allow people like to have conversations like this. Like, let's look at the ugly parts. Let's look at the parts that we don't want to look at. Let's have the conversations that are difficult, you know, between you and I and other people can tune in. And so this is where the true healing is. Like there's, there's no more time for bullshit. The illusion, the facade is crumbling. Now we have to either look at our own shit, heal our own shit, and step up to the plate and take responsibility, or this whole human experiment is going to be over, you know? And for a lot of people, that's scary. But for me, it's like, all right, let's get down to business. This is it, you know? Let, <laughs> let's have fun with it. Like, your, your energy around healing and vulnerability is so infectious in the way that it's like, okay, let's do this, and let's make it fun. It doesn't have to be all pain and difficult and challenging, right? Oh my! Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lord, help me, please. I'm like, it has to be fun. It has to be fun. Like, I get, I'm so serious. Everyone's so serious all the time, uh-huh. and I'm like, it's 
fucking brutal sometimes to do this work. I'm not going to say it's, it's not light, but it can be fun. It's like going on a great roller coaster ride, you know, or like watching a great film that you're like, <gasps> it's like exhilarating. And it's like the ride of life. He's like Hunter S. Thompson. He's like, buy the ticket, take the totally. ride. I'm all in for the ride. My like, please, let's just squeeze the juice out of life. And it doesn't have to be so serious. And you know, you I can be in like snotty cry, feeling rage and then like laughing the next second. And then, you know, and there's such a liveness to that, which is back to my definition of success, which is being fully alive, feel the feelings, be in the full, the full experience of humanity. And, and I, I guess I have the benefit of having done enough deep, deep, deep inner work to know the freedom that is on the other side of it. And so when I see somebody coming to me and they're just like, <gasps> I'm like, Oh baby, this is yes. going <laughs> I'm like, let's do this. And they're like crying and they're like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, don't be sorry, baby. That's your freedom. Yeah. That's your freedom. Let's feel the feelings as the direct path to your emancipation. Totally. Do it. Do it. So it's literally like they're breaking one bar at a time of the cage of being trapped in whatever it is they're trapped in. Yeah. Fear, illusion, numbness, distraction. And so I, I get actually excited by turned on by in like a, a, a like human way by people having the courage to shatter, having the courage to like be raw and real because it's, it's, it is fun at the end of the day. First of all, if you can take that perspective, mm. like, like watching a great film or going on a scary ride is fun. Mm. And on the other side of it is total freedom. Like when you can start to clear up the vessel of all your trauma, your wounding, the triggers, etc. It's like, they're these giant dragons controlling you until they're all of a sudden like Khaleesi style game of Thrones, you're riding the dragons and they're taking you everywhere you want to go. So yeah, like it's, it's super, like it's super fun and it's, it is the path to your freedom and to your flying as high as you can possibly high uh, fly and, and like just empowerment, total empowerment yes. when you're like, yeah, I'm good. like nothing can control me. Yes. I'm good. I'm like, Yes, you know but that doesn't. I just want to say, you know, and it, this resonates so deeply for me because the I work with a lot of people with sobriety. So alcohol problems. Alcohol was a major part of my life for thirty years. I used it as my primary numbing out agent, and I couldn't see um, a life. I couldn't imagine myself living a life without alcohol. It was so ingrained in my identity. And so when I first started to come to terms with the fact, okay, it's not serving me anymore, but I don't know what to do about it. You know, I, I had to imagine something on the other side. And once I started doing the deep work and I started to feel the freedom and the magic that comes, I'm getting chills about it, just thinking about it. Cause it, man, you know, on the other side of the commitment, if like, okay, I'm going to overcome this, I'm going to heal the pain, the vulnerability or whatever, the emotional wounds that were causing me to drink in the first place, the fear. Um, and once I did, once I had the courage to look at it, it's like a weight is lifted off of you. And you recognize like, oh my God, all of my magic, all of my freedom, all of my purpose, all of my joy is on the other side of that first step into fear, you know? And taking that first step is is what holds so many people back is it's like, holy shit, it's too scary. I can't do it. I'm going to stay in my comfort zone. I'm going to stay in my bubble. Even if it's not perfect, even if it's uncomfortable, I'm just going to stay here. And it's just so tragic when I see people just caught in that, that addiction and like going out to the bar and they're just like slumped over with their drink, talking about their victim problems. You know, I have compassion for them. I'm like, I, I love you. I want to see you on the other side, right? Because I can tell you I'm over here and it's fucking magical, dude. <laughs> hey, are you feeling lost, frustrated, 
Angry about the state of the world but unsure what to do about it? I get it. The world is a pretty messed up place right now. Yet in these interesting times of shattered realities, many people are using alcohol to escape and numb their feelings of anxiety, dread, and uncertainty. I know. I did it for years. This is why I've made it my mission to support brave souls in mastering their inner world and finding a deeper sense of purpose. To that end, I created Reset 2020. Reset is a personal transformation mastermind group with the intention of resetting your relationship with alcohol and becoming the best version of yourself in an empowering, supportive online community. To check out more about Reset 2020 and to watch my masterclass video, head on over to go.patrickcooklife.com. Remember, cook is spelled with an E, C-O-O-K-E. So it's go.patrickcooklife.com. All right, now back to the show. So I'll recap the four. So number one is witness and feel. Witness where you're at, feel the feelings. Number two, acceptance. Number three, make meaning of it, meaning making, the lessons and the blessings. And number four, life is art. Mm. Use the back in whatever way feels meaningful to you. Beautiful. So let's talk about meaning for a sec, because I know that's a big part of your work. And actually, there's a quote on your website that's from Joseph Campbell. It says, I don't believe people are looking for the meaning of life as much as they're looking for the experience of being alive. So what what to you is the difference between meaning and aliveness? Well, I think this is such a great question. I've actually never thought of that specific question yet. So, you <laughs> All know, right. Tune in. <laughs> Who knows what's going to come out of my mouth right now? I don't know. We're going to find out. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, <laughs> okay. So here's what I think. I think we spend a lot of time thinking there's something else out there for us. And obviously my entire career has been very focused on helping individuals, organizations articulate their purpose. Mm-hmm. Because I think that when we have a sense of why, why am I on the planet? And again, that's from an org. I've done loads and loads of work in organizations. So really that core core purpose, why do we exist? And in individuals, why am I on the planet? I think it can be very empowering to have an articulation and clarity around what my unique purpose is on the planet. However, I think there is that non-duality. It's a both and. I think it's great to have that, that North Star. You're like, this is who I am. This is why I'm on the planet. It can become like an external thing we're seeking, that thing somewhere in the future of, oh, I need to go and fulfill my purpose somewhere down the line. Mm. And what I shared with you is that, and this is also like obviously super embedded in all the, the wisdom traditions, but also mindfulness practices, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I now understand that that the whole purpose of, of life is to be alive mm. and be fully present to every moment of the bliss of the ecstatic dance of the human experience, because I'm going to get a little bit esoteric right now, but like, there's no such thing as time and space. There is no out there. It's only now. And so, and this is supported by Einstein's research on time and relativity. And when we get really deep into this work, we understand there's nowhere to go and there's nothing to do. And so that idea of having a purpose that you need to somehow accomplish somewhere out there is actually an illusion. And so when we get into the, the the refinement of what is my actual purpose as a human, the purpose of, of being a human is to be a human mm. and just go along for the ride. And like we have senses and we have bodies and we get to live and we get to feel and we get. And so the, 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 the feeling of being fully alive 
I believe is actually the purpose of being alive. Mm. And there's nowhere to go and there's nothing to do. And we can make up in our egoic minds that it matters if we build a business or it matters if we write a book or it matters if we do whatever. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter at all because it's all made up. Mm. You know, it's all um, versions of, of our own constructs, our own egoic um, mapping of what the human experience should look like. And if we, we keep peeling it away in a way, in a way, um, it's irrelevant. And especially if you get into the whole idea of, you mentioned like it could all go to hell in a handbag and like, you know, the world's about to explode. I've done a lot of thinking about that, a lot of processing about that for my whole life, you know? And so when we remember that we're just little pieces of stardust floating on a rock in the middle of the universe, it doesn't make one tiny bit of difference what any one of us does on like the entire human race could disappear from the planet as it may, if we continue with some of the patterns that we've been living And it wouldn't make a bit of difference. Nature will continue. Energy will continue. The universe will continue. So when we remember the insignificance of our existence, it can be really liberating and then give us permission to create only from a place of joy and passion and excitement because it's fun to create things mm. and because it's fun to contribute back and because it's fun to to feel like we're making a difference. But don't kid yourself to think that it actually matters because it actually doesn't. And so it's that non-duality of like everything is sacred and nothing is sacred. It matters deeply what you do during the course of your life. And it matters not at all what you do during the course of your life. So that's what I, that what I do with that. I hold them as both being true. And I think that if we can understand like the movie, the matrix, like ancient wisdom traditions, like mindfulness practices, that time is an illusion and that we 100% are creating our own reality in any given moment, I think that the purpose under that set of, of awarenesses is just to, to be fully present and squeezing the juice out of every moment mm. and being fully alive for the ride, which is also like, spoiler alert, when you're fully present and alive and vital and connected to nature and connected to humans and connected to global consciousness, you're actually getting constant information about how you can be of service and what's being asked of you in every moment. And so your purpose reveals itself, not so much in a strategic planning session that you pre-plan your 10 years of your life, but it's actually the opposite in that your purpose only reveals itself in hindsight as you get every little piece of data from your intuition, from your higher self, whatever you want to call it, your guide, spirit, whatever. It's like, okay, go here now. Make eye contact with that stranger. Smile. Write a song do a social media post and you're being given your marching orders at its highest level, minute to minute, second to second. And the only way you can be available to receive your missions is if you're fully present Mm -hmm. and alive. And it can be as simple as a butterfly going by and you're like butterfly and it boom, it triggers some stream of consciousness thought that gets you to somehow going to call your high school friend that you didn't even think about for five years. And then you're like, Oh, thank you so much for calling. I'm in crisis. How did you know? And you're like, I don't know. I saw a butterfly. (laughs) And so it's like trippy, trippy, like literally psychedelic life that you end up living um, because you're just so fully alive and you're and you ultimately end up living your purpose 
in in a minute to minute, second to second, moment to moment basis. Oh my God. So amazing. So beautiful. All of that. I could just I ask you questions and talk to you all day about this. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, I want to come back to a couple of things you said though. Um, you know, that that dichotomy between, you know, nothing matters and everything matters is like I've wrestled with that myself. It's like, well, wh- why do we get up at all? Like, why do we do anything? Why do we try to be a better person? Why do we try to improve ourselves? Why do we not just go drink mar- margaritas on the beach and and just fuck it all, you know, like that's one path that a lot of people take. And I think for me, the answer has been that the fundamental arrow, the fundamental trajectory of evolution is to get better, you know, and that what that means is I need to be getting better than I was yesterday for myself. And, and I think in capitalism, in our society, um, that fundamental impulse has shown up as competition where I'm trying to be better than you or trying to be better than something else or just like win at a, at a win-lose game, right? But it's not that. It's, it's just I need to be better than I was yesterday. And it comes when, when we're not paying attention and we are just checking out and going to get drunk on the beach or whatever it is, the universe is going to continue to nudge us you know, that's going to show up as lessons. It's going to show up as obstacles. It's going to show up as challenges. And if we're not paying attention and heeding those calls that they're going to intensify to the point where we're going to have a tragedy, like you mentioned earlier, or, you know, breakdown or something is going to happen. And it's, so it's pain as the evolutionary driver, right? We're going, we're going to be nudged until if you're not listening, the pain will increase until you start listening. Right. (laughs) So, and I think it's, it's beautiful in that respect is that, okay, well, how can I be better than myself? You know, how can I just improve on myself? And that what that means is what are my unique gifts? What is my purpose? What am I here to do? What is my job to do? Not what my parents think or not what society does. And I think for a lot of people, myself included, trusting that path, trusting those little bits of information when they come in, when I don't know what this is, but it feels right. So I'm going to do it, you know, rather than I don't, you know, that I can't see the path to ROI or success in that direction. So I'm going to pivot away from it, you know? And I think I had a conversation with another guest the other day is how do you trust that path, even in the face of failure? You know, so if you, if you get a download that, okay, this is my path, this is what I'm supposed to do. And you take steps in that direction and it doesn't work. It's so easy to go like, oh shit, maybe that wasn't my path. Maybe I should pivot away from it when really it's just, okay, that didn't work to give you a lesson. You know, okay, you're, you're on the right path, but this, you need to, you know, uh, rejig your trajectory a little bit, pivot a little bit, you know? And so it's like being open to learning those lessons, but keeping that deep sense of trust is so challenging for me, especially. Have you found that as well? Trusting that? With- yeah. Oh my gosh. Trust and patience are hands down my biggest lessons yeah. still. I'm like, I'm a planner, I'm a thinker, I'm a control freak, I'm a perfectionist, and I like get things done. And it's done really well for most of my life, except when you realize that you're not in control at all and spirit and the universe have way bigger plans for you. And when you're still trying to like control the whole scenario, it can be, trust me, it's not a good path. It's not a smart idea. So trust and surrender, patience are hands down my greatest work that I'm still doing um, and in, in my day to day practices that I do and my humility and my path. Um, I, I want to refine from my perspective, some of what you said and offer just different languaging around what you're talking Perfect. about, because I, I, obviously this is literally all I think about all day, every day, what we're talking about right now. So, <laughs> I'm like such a nerd and I'm so excited that I get to jam with this with I you, somebody it. who can like, you know, thinks about it as much as I do and feels into it as much as I do. So here's what, I would say that I had the exact same, literally would have repeated almost verbatim what you just said, maybe like 
but I had another massive shattering about six years ago and it like leveled me up to an, a whole different level of self-compassion, self-love, surrender, sweetness, softening, softening, because what you described it's again, I'm going to continue to say it's like a non-duality. It's a both. And it's the masculine and the feminine, the yin and the yang, the doing and the, the receiving, you know, the giving, the receiving, the doing, the resting, etc. So what you described is sort of more the masculine encoded version of let's call it evolution or expansion. So we need to do things. We need to improve. We need to get better. And, and so I will just share that obviously the universe is always expanding, So the way that I think about it is that if we're to be in flow with the natural, and this is literally science-based, this isn't even just spiritually, the universe is literally expanding. So if we are in flow with an ever-expanding system of energy, which is what the universe is, it's it's our natural state to be ever-expanding. And so the layer I want to layer on is one of self-love and self-compassion that I'm hearing for you could be like another layer of sweetness towards yourself because it's not that you need to be better than you were yesterday or you need to get better than you are today because you're already perfect. You're already a divine expression of divine love. So there is no better than what you already are because you're already perfect as is every human on the planet. The the person drunk on the beach on margaritas is also perfect because they're just where they are on their journey. You know, it's like, you know, I listen to Abraham Hicks a lot and they, and she gives the example, like you don't look like at a one-year-old learning to walk who falls on their butt and be like, you're such an idiot. You should be better at walking. You're like, no, they're one. They're learning to walk. It's where they are. You're like, oh, isn't that sweet? They fell down again. And so my invitation is like, can we bring that same sweetness to ourselves and not make it a right or wrong or better? I'm better today than I was yesterday, or I failed because I had a drink today, or I failed because I yelled at my kids today and I'm supposed to be this conscious leader. And oh my God, I got triggered. No, it's like permission to be human. You know, I fell down on my butt like a one-year-old does and I get back up again only because it's my natural propensity to grow and expand, not because I'm bad because I don't expand. It's just because it's our natural state. And so that's been my experience of the journey. And so failure isn't failure at all. It's just another, um, it's like, like you're in a video game and it's like another little scene along the journey. You're like, Oh, this is the scene where I fall on my butt again, or this is my scene where I have a drink again, or this is my scene where I, whatever, revert to old habits again, or I snap at somebody or I go into anxiety again. It's not a failure. It's just like a plot twist. Like it's like the hero's journey where you face obstacles. It's not, it's not a failure. And so removing the layer of judgment, I guess, is what I'm saying. An invitation to be in curiosity and in self-compassion and self-love. And can I love myself in my quote unquote failures? And, and that's the work that I've been doing. Can I love myself in my ugliness? Can I love myself in my weakness? Can I love myself in my doing, you know, making choices that I would have deeply judged myself for throughout all of my, my background. And can I love myself anyways? Mm. And I think if there's an evolution, I think it's a return to our natural states, which is not an original thought I'm sharing right now. This is like very embedded in every (laughs) wisdom tradition and thing. But like, I, I really believe our natural states when we're born in our purest sense is, is one of joy and love and compassion and gratitude. And so the evolution isn't so much about a hierarchical, you mentioned the patriarchy. Mm. It's not necessarily a hierarchical evolution. It's more of like um, a clearing of, of the things that might be weighing us down or tethering us or keeping us trapped in a cage of suffering or of anything as opposed to being free 
as energetic beings to be in a state of love, of joy, of compassion, of non-attachment, mm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is, is really just bringing us back into equilibrium with the universe and with nature, which is expansive mm. and open and free. Like animals in nature are not in cages. The wind is not in a cage. Sunsets are not in a cage. Mm. There, there's flow, there's expansion. Um, you know, we are having torrential rains here. We're not like, oh, that's bad and sunny days are good. We're just like, it's just nature. It's just the way it goes. And can we just um, be curious and be compassionate about our journeys and therefore the journeys of others um, and allow ourselves to get back to our natural states of freedom and non-attachment to be sad, happy, anxious, lustful, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like the weather. It just comes and it goes. And, and it's inevitable that over time, if we're making meaning, if we're present, if we're conscious, then our, our levels of consciousness will expand. Our wisdom will increase. Mm. The n- amount of suffering we experience will disappear over time. Um, but, but I just want to be sensitive. This is more for me than for you because I used to be really hard on myself. Like I have to get better uh, in, in everything, not just this. Better at yoga, better at parenting, better at school. Be the best, be the best. And it's like, no, like you're perfect. Just do it because it's fun. You know, we give back because it's fun. We learn and grow because it's fun, not because we're bad if we don't. Yeah, totally. Oh, my God. There's so much I want to ask you about what you just said there as well. This is awesome. Um, but yeah, the, the fundamental nature of the universe is a question I've asked myself a lot over time. And is is it fundamentally benevolent or is it indifferent? You know, and um, that, that impulse to be constantly getting better, I think it is a non-dual thing where we can be in the being, which is what this podcast is called, be in the present, be in the being, be grateful for what you have and where you are and where you are in your journey and do it with self-love and compassion, but also feel the exhilaration of what you're becoming. And your that's what your purpose is, is like to just to, to continually get better. And I think, you know, the situation in the world right now, coming back to the idea of, of pain as an evolutionary driver, I think this virus is kind of like the universe, like, hey, not enough of you are waking the fuck up and, and doing this work. Like, okay, here's something to sort of up the stakes, you know, and that's kind of how I'm viewing it. And it's not good or bad. It's the universe giving us an opportunity to, okay, let's strip away the illusion. Let's strip away the bullshit. Let's look at what's really meaningful, what's really important to us. And what do we choose in those circumstances The the universe is indifferent what we choose, but it's giving us the option to choose. Right. Would you agree with that? hundred percent. I mean, Anytime we have a shattering time in our lives, it's, it's, it's a gateway. It's a portal to us making changes, evolving, shifting consciousness. And the fact that it's happening at such a, a collective global yeah. level, honestly, for me, is, is very exciting from a perspective of human evolution and, and people freeing them, doing the work to free themselves from the suffering, the cages, the, I'm going to use the word ignorance of, of not knowing any different. And again, not a judgmental thing, just, they just don't know any, the veils are being lifted. Let's just say it that way. The veils of illusion are being lifted and people are being forced to look at the sometimes ugly, inconvenient truth of their, of Mm. humanity, not only of their lives, but the ugliness of humanity. I mean, we're looking at the like black lives matter situation. There's all these, I mean, God, don't even get me started on the things, you know, with the, the child predators and all the things happening. There's some, ugly, 
ugly darkness that happens in humanity. And I personally have been deep diving into this since I was a child, like obsessed with serial killers, child predators, Hitler, Holocaust, you know, the, the sixties riots, civil rights movements, women's Mm. emancipation. Like I've been embedded in this since I was literally 12 years old. So, I mean, I literally probably spent from the age of 12 to like 25, like weeping many days of the week because I would, I was voracious about reading books like Schindler's list, silence of the lambs, like just getting into the darkness of human, human behavior. And so I think that it's actually quite a gift to have the blinders removed and like walking around in this little Stepford wives bubble that like everything is great when there's dark, 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 forces there are dark forces that play on the planet within ourselves i'm not even gonna be like oh humanity's dark look at yourself like how am i just like them and so for me it's 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 a necessary evil in the sense that it exists and you said about the universe being benevolent or neutral i don't have any answer about that but i do know that the light always balances with the dark i believe in that idea of equilibrium so whether the intention behind the meta universe is benevolent or not i think it's um, and this has been my experience that I'll offer is the people that I would consider to be among the, the brightest beings on the planet, living the most in the light of joy, compassion. You can feel their auras. Those people that like a mile away, you're like, whoa, that person is highest vibration. Inevitably are the ones who have had the darkest mm. stories that have come through the darkest nights of the world. They've had deep traumas. They've had very painful childhoods, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I look at darkness not as something to be afraid of or not. I mean, it's ugly, it's painful, and I have sat in it for not a day or two, like I'm talking Mm. decades of sitting in the darkness and my own darkness. I I pursue, my friends call me the cave dweller (laughs) because when I find a a shadow of myself, I dive into it. They're like, really? You're going to go? I'm like, yep, I'm going in. And I will sit in it. It's like exposure therapy. People are afraid of spiders. I go into my shadows, like a room full of spiders. And I'm just like, I'm going to just sit with you. I'm going to look at you. I'm going to feel you. And I'm going to sit here until I'm neutral on you, until I can love myself in Mm. this part of myself. And so that to me is, um, and it's only from a place of love and compassion that we can make changes. If we're judging them, whoever the dark people are, we are actually adding forces of darkness. Mm. Hate begets hate. Love begets love. Judging is different from discernment. We can see that something is wrong. We cannot approve of a behavior without judging the person doing it. And that's where we can come from a place of not only neutrality, but actually love and compassion and say, it's like, it's like disciplining a child. Like you're not like judging them again for spilling the milk or whatever, hitting their sibling, but you can discipline them from a place of love. Like, no, 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 that's Mm. not okay. Let me show you a different way. Mm. Let me show you what it looks like to be loving, kind, constructive, et cetera, et cetera. When we do it from a place of judgment, fear, hatred, like all these conspiracy theories going on right now. I see it all over the place. They're like, I hate Trump. He's mm. evil. I'm like the, the energy behind what you just said is exactly on par with the thing that you're, you're mirroring that yeah. energy in your experience totally. of him. And so for me, the work, and I'm just using him as an example because it's common and easy, but you could insert any, mm. any forces of evil in there. And so for me, the evolutionary place to come at it from is again, I'm going to keep saying this curiosity and compassion. 
huh, interesting. This group of people thinks that way. Wow, interesting. People are can be racist. How am I sometimes racist? How am I sometimes judgmental towards people of different backgrounds? How do I judge people based on maybe it's not race, but maybe it's gender or maybe it's people of different socioeconomic backgrounds, whatever, whatever, whatever. And so it's really about um, basically owning the darkness in yourself so that you can get to a place of neutrality. And if you can love the darkness in yourself, then you can love and see the darkness in others and in all of society from a place of neutrality and compassion and actually be a change agent showing people the way to the light without telling them by being the light, not by preaching and, and judging and demonizing and making them bad or wrong by just embodying love, embodying compassion, leading in love, writing from love, speaking from love, building businesses from love. And it's not about killing the dark. It's about making the light so bright that the darkness just over time starts to fade away and get transmuted ultimately and invited into the light. Because I believe that the natural forces are expanding towards love and light. I think that is the natural Mm. state. So that's, that's how I see it. Oh my God. So beautifully articulated. And I completely agree. Like becoming aware of our own shadows, our own darkness on an individual level, our own capacity for evil. Like just be aware, like I am capable, given the right circumstances, we are all capable of horrible things. And recognizing that in ourselves is the way to transmute the, because what's happening in the world is unconscious ego, dark energy gone, run amok, right? That's basically what it is. There's a small number of psychopaths that are, you know, embodied in that unconscious evil. So fighting them, like you said, with, with the same energy is not the way to do it. It's become aware of the, our capacity for evil, our own shadows and ourselves heal that. And that's how we change the world. That's amazing, amazing perspective. Yeah. I want to invite us to go even deeper than unconscious egos because, yes, that's absolutely true. But what's driving the unconscious egos are hurt yes. people, wounded yes. people, fear, abandonment, shame, totally. so much shame. There's so much self-hatred in so many people. It's astounding mm. that the natural state of maybe 80 to 90% of the population even, maybe it's a little bit less, is one of self-judgment, self-hatred, um, all of it that's at the core of what mm. we're seeing. And, and it can, it can be even like giving too much credit to think that they're manipulating on purpose. It's, it's pain bodies expressing out mm. in the world. And yes, we can call it unconscious and all of it, but it's, it's hurt people. Mm. It's people who are wounded. And so what's what, wounding wounded people even more with more hatred is not going to help heal mm. the wounds you know, it's, it's like the only thing that can heal that is more love. And, and that's not an easy thing. It's not easy to love somebody who's a yeah. fucker or who's <laughs> hurt you or who's like doing fucking dark things in the world. And so that's where, um, like that expression there, but for the grace of God to go, I, it's like, it's, they are bad. They are evil. How could they Like, how could they do this? Like, actually ask that question. How could they? And not only that, how could I potentially, given those same circumstances, that belief system, that childhood, that indoctrination, that amount of who knows what past life pain, I don't know, whatever, whatever your jam is. And, And so I don't know about you, but for me, parenting is a great teaching for this because I don't know about you. But I've done like a million things in parenting where I'm like, I would never, uh, like who would do that? And next thing you know, you're like yelling at your kid in the grocery store. And you're like, Ooh, I am doing the, <laughs> like that kind of ugly 
bizarre behavior. Like I would never, who would yell at their kid in a grocery store? That is so like, get control of yourself, mother, whatever. And then you're like, oh my God. And so it's like there, but for the grace of God, go I, you know? And so until I have every ounce of darkness and evil and um, fear and pain and sadness cleared from my vessel, mm. that's my area yeah. of focus on clearing my own vessel. I actually was listening to Ram Das last night. He's my boyfriend. I cook dinner with him all the time. <laughs> we have dinner dates all the time. Even though we died like a year ago, we have a great relationship, him and I. So he and I were having dinner last night. I was cooking and he was sharing from like 1976. One talk he was giving in 1976, he was sharing on this podcast I listened to. Um, it was, um, he was talking about speaking to all these peace rally people. Like he speaks at all these activist events and he's like, I can't tell you how many angry peace activists totally. I know. And as he was speaking to them, he's like, you know, if you really want to create, he's like, I don't know how you can expect to create peace on earth if you're raging within mm. yourself. And so I think that was such a beautiful, it made me laugh because I, I call it also the violent vegans, the vegans who are angry at anyone who eats meat. They're like, they hate them. They want to kill the people that eat meat. And I'm like, I just think it's funny. I'm like, guys, like, let's just be compassionate towards like everyone. We can lead by example. We can promote, you know, share stories, share the news, share the truth, but doing it from an intention of offering, of love, of sharing, of gaining mutual understanding, of compassion. Um, those are the principles that I aspire to. It's very easy to go to judgment, shame, blame, hate fear that's a very low vibrational state and it's very seductive it's dramatic it kind of feels good to get in there you get some adrenaline and some cortisol when you're hating mm. on people and it feels good and you don't have to actually look in the mirror and look at yourself it's easy to blame and us versus them versus being like wow just like me there's a great book um it's called the buddha walks into a bar and he does an exercise in that like you know that fortune cookie thing when you open it and you're like in bed like you will be so lucky yeah. in bed. <laughs> he suggested this like um, compassion exercise, which is like when you're pointing the finger at someone like, like, oh my God, she yelled at her kids in the grocery store. Or she's, she's so nasty or he's so judgy or he's so boring. You point the fingers back at you, three fingers pointing back at you, just mm. like me. When can I be evil? When can I be judgy? When can I, and it may not look the same as how that person does it, but maybe I do it with like my kids or maybe I do it with my partner or maybe I do it in the workplace. I know so many people are like tyrants in the workplace and you talk to them on like Saturday night at a dinner party and they're lovely. And so it's just like be, take accountability and responsibility. How are, how is everyone just like me? Because we're all human and we have just as much capacity to be a Jesus as we do mm. a Hitler given the right circumstances. So let's remember that and let's stay humble and do our own inner work. And I think it was Mother Teresa who said, clean up your own front doorstep and the entire world will be healed. Mm -hmm. So until my vessel is 100% clean, I am looking within before I'm pointing fingers at everyone else. And if I'm saying anything out in the world, it's not from a place of judgment. It's from a place of here's my take on things. Here's how I see things. May it be of benefit. Maybe it'll help somebody else out there. Oh That's my God. All. So awesome. Lindsay, you're incredible. Uh, and I want to be cognizant of your time. So I'll just ask you a few more questions because we could go on all day and all night. This is so awesome. And th this is honestly the reason I started this podcast is to have these conversations, specifically in this time in the world where shit is changing really fast and there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of fear. So I want to interview people like you and just have like real time intel, practical 
applications of what we can do as individuals in order to navigate this time and improve ourselves and overcome our fear and all those beautiful things. So the question is like, given this time of uncertainty, what are the skills we should be and the practices we should be focusing on and developing that will be useful for us given this new paradigm that's evolving? Mm-hmm. So some practical yeah. skills and, and practices you're asking yeah. about. Okay. Um, okay. I'm a massive fan of morning rituals. Right. Me too. And so I think one of the greatest things people could use this time for, especially if you're in uncertainty or if your job is uncertain, is to cultivate a practice. I call it move your body to quiet your mind, to tap into your creative mm. spirit. So I recommend, and this is like the first thing I do with any client or person that ever crosses my path, how do you start your day? So a couple of very practical things, do not turn on the news. In fact, I recommend that you get rid of the news entirely from your life. If you must, five minutes a day have like, there. I think like there's certain websites you can get like the five top headlines. If you must put a container around it, do it midday, not to start your day, not Mm -hmm. to end your day. So get rid of the news. Um, I would, I recommend starting every single day and this is highly, highly based Mm -hmm. in research. So what I'm about to say isn't just like a fun idea. And if anybody's excited about the research and a nerd, like I am, let me know, reach out, (laughs) I'll give it to you. So some sort of, some sort of movement practice, move your body, um, that gets you into a meditative state or a mindfulness practice. So you could be a runner, you could be a surfer, you could be a yogi. Seated meditation is one way. I walk the beach with my dog. Sometimes I'm surfing. Most days a week I do yoga. So finding practices, it could be bike riding. It could be, you know, I have a client the other day who said he goes out and feeds his horses in the morning. So some of the key principles are movement, movement, nature, getting out into nature, some time of mindfulness or reflection. So again, that could look like journaling. It could look like gratitude practices. It could look like dialoguing with, um, you know, maybe you go for a walk on the beach with a friend. I also am very intentional about who I follow on social, the, what I consume. So for me, when I, I log on first thing and in, in, in check in with messages, it's filled with positive messaging. I have my tribe of humans around me is like, epic. Mm. You're one of my favorites. And I'm just like, so how do you start your day? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Number one. Um, How do you start your day is number one. And being mindful and conscious about cultivating a morning ritual that sets you up. And there's all kinds of research about when we start the day, for example, with just simply three things we're Mm. grateful for. There are measurable increases eight hours later on your level of happiness and and optimism. Mm. Same with the news. There's all kinds of research about the detrimental effects of of consuming news. Um, There's a great little um, thing I follow on Instagram. It's like the good news movement. And all they post are stories about humans being good and kind to each other. Like If you're going to watch the news, watch that because that's literally what's happening. There's like one deviant thing for every hundred thousand kind things that people are doing or just boring neutral things like Susan went to the grocery (laughs) store. Okay, great. They don't report that. (laughs) You know, know, better yet, Patrick Cook took an hour out of his day and sat and talked to a friend who was having a hard time. Let's report that. That's what I want to hear about, you know? So monitor music is another thing fill yourselves up on music um be conscious about the music you consume the movies you watch the tv the netflix the books you read we know about mirror neurons emotions are contagious if you're reading nothing but fear-based even if it's conspiracy theories that are aiming to educate and expand 
you are getting yourself lowered into a vibration of anxiety mm. and fear, which guess what is the exact same vibration of the things that you're trying to so-called mm. fight against. So be mindful of your inner state. That's number one. Um, and as far as making meaning out of this time, it, it goes back to principles, which is what I would say at any time, which is to take inspired action every single day of your life. And this is just a heightened, more potent time of awareness and awakening, which is to get into stillness and then listen for what's being asked of you, how you may be of service, how you, and by being of service, it may look like stay in bed all morning and watch Netflix because you're exhausted and you're feeling a little bit under the weather. That could be the greatest thing of service you do that day. So really just um, getting into stillness every single day to tap into your intuition or your highest guidance and, and ultimately creating the vessel of your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual body, cleaning up your own vessel is, is the only thing I would recommend that people mm-hmm. focus on. It's none of your business what's happening out there. It is literally none of your mm-hmm. business until you are, you know, a walking Buddha on the planet with not a single thing, but love, joy, and bliss coming out of you. Focus on yourself, be the change, lead by example, and don't worry about what everyone else is doing. If it feels compelling, exciting, and inspiring and fun to you to engage in activism, to write things, to create a business, to write music, mm-hmm. do that. But don't do it because you think you're better than or you need to change everyone else around you. Again, until you are 100% a clear vessel, then your focus needs to be on yourself and doing your own inner work and expressing only from that place. Woo! Oh, my God. You are just so fantastic. I can't wait to go back and listen to the show just to to derive and, and distill all the wisdom, the juiciness that you've just shared with us. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Um, tell us what you're working on. You're working on a book. Is that correct? Oh my gosh. So crazy creative for me right now. So like shout out to quarantine for creativity <laughs> on my end because I'm like, oh my God, the like faucet, you know, when you stop running around like a, a wild woman driving kids everywhere, all of a sudden you're like, whoa. Yeah. So the things that I'm most excited about right now are I just did a complete relaunch with my business and I'm doing a ton of corporate work right now. So doing a lot of this type of work in organizational settings because of everybody being mm. remote, I'm on Zoom, which is the work that I did for like 15 years in Toronto. So that has been really exciting to me to get to plug back into corporate settings and get to share the love and light sponsored by companies shifting consciousness within organizations. And that is like, you couldn't have made that up, right? Like pre this situation, like we live in a a jungle town in the middle of Costa Rica. I'm like, thanks corporate people, but no thanks. I'm not getting on a plane every week to come up. So that's exciting to me to see companies and organizations that are really highly aware of how needed this work is about shifting consciousness. So that's the thing I'm most obsessed with right now. And then along with that, I've, I've written a book, a fictional book, which was very inspired by my own life and the lives of everybody that I've ever worked with, which is all about this power couple that seem to have it all whose lives get exploded and they end up both ending up on their own healing journeys down in a fictional Costa Rican town and it's filled with wisdom and it's funny and it's sad and it's raw and it's sexy and it's all the things so that's about to be released on uh, I'm actually going to release it like an insta novel on Instagram like old school Hemingway Mark Twain style like serialized release and then it'll be on Amazon and ready to go and then I've been creating based on the book, a pitch for a TV show. So we've got three seasons mapped out. 
out and I'm about ready to shop it in Hollywood. So stay tuned. Golden Globe Awards. Who knows when it's going to be like, you're going to write the song. We already talked about this. I already got the download. Patrick Cook writing that song for it. Um, and so that's what's, that's what's happening on my end is just using this time to, um, to, to be create to life is yeah. art to use. I've gone through a massive transition in the last six years, a personal transition. And I've through that, that time, um, gained so much wisdom, insight, clarity, humility. And this book came through me literally just like I had no intention of writing a fictional book ever in my life. And this book just poured into my ear and I'm sure you have that experience with music. I can only yeah. imagine it's like, you can't not write it. It's like the words just wouldn't shut up in my ear. So I just started typing and I would be writing and I'd be like laughing out loud and crying. Cause I'm like, I never thought these thoughts before. It was just like spirit channeling through me the entire time. So I can't wait to get it out into the world. And it's funny and raw and super sexy. The TV show is very sexy. I'm like, oh, like it's so like, I'll like blush just thinking about it. But I'm like, this is what spirit's telling me to write. And I have this creative partner and we like die. We're writing the scenes and we're like dying laughing. Like we're crying. We're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. So yeah, that was happening on my end. And then just like spreading the love and retreats will be back online. I'm actually getting super pumped to start booking some retreats for like 2021. Cool. And I want to start doing some more international retreats, you know, adventure. I think people are going to be dying mm. to get out and see the world again. So I'm going to be expanding back into some destination retreats internationally with surfing and movement and venture travel integrated with the leadership development and transformational work. So that's what's happening oh my on my God. end. And then just every day here with the kids and the surfing and the yoga and our epic life that we get to have yes. down here. Oh my God, Lindsay, you're such an inspiration. Your passion and enthusiasm is just positively infectious. I love tuning in with you. So thank you so much for this. This has been incredible. Tell everybody where they can find you if they want to connect with you. Amazing. Thank you so much. So aliveandawake.com is my website. Instagram is at Lindsay Alive, Lindsay A-Y. And on Facebook, Lindsay Sikornik, LinkedIn, Lindsay Sikornik as well. And I would love to hear from you guys. I'm always available. I love connecting with the humans. It's my drug of choice, human connection. <laughs> and Patrick again. Yeah, this is my favorite. And mostly so grateful for connecting with you. You know, I adore you. I always have. And I'm so proud of you. So inspired by you. So grateful to you for having me be a part of this and for who you are on the planet and how much you're growing, expanding, radiating and the massive impact you're already having on the planet. Thank oh my you. God, your ability to make me cry is just unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lindsay. This has been amazing. We'll have to have you back on the show uh, in a little while and hear more about the book and everything that you're doing. So Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll talk to you real soon. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, rate, and review. For more information and show notes, head on over to being-podcast.com. We'll see you next time. And remember, live your being.